Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. This is the place where we learn how to tell the kids in our lives about Jesus in simple ways that make sense and are fun. I'm your host today, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 42. I'm super excited to announce we are going to hear from Billy Graham's grandson, Will Graham. Will is a third generation evangelist. I don't know about you, but this is to me like a modern day Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob type genealogy. So starting with his granddad, Billy, continuing with his dad, Franklin, and now Will himself, these generations of men have traveled the world preaching the gospel for over 75 years. I just love this so much. I can't wait to eat up all the knowledge and all the advice waiting for us in the stories that Will shares. Speaking of stories, you'll hear some from the National Day of Prayer. You'll also be surprised by what Bill Clinton said to Billy Graham. And you'll want to note how prayer has impacted Will's life in ministry and even at his very own home. I know many of you will want to connect further after today's episode. And the best way to do that is through our website at Bible2School.com. Go ahead and reach out with your contact info and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Our show notes and links to the things we talk about today are also on our website. So without further ado, let's listen in to what Will has to share with us today on prayer. Well, what an honor it is to welcome our guest today, Will Graham. He's the past honorary chairman of the National Day of Prayer. And he also is the son of Franklin Graham and the grandson of Billy Graham. So welcome, Will. Well, thank you, Corey. Great to be with you. Well, can you, for some people may not know who those people are that you're related to, can you introduce yourself to our listeners who might not know you and your family? As you said, I'm Will Graham. We're, uh, my family's from North Carolina, and my grandfather, Billy Graham, has uh, preached all around the world. My dad the same way, and so I have the opportunity to go preach as well. So, and we're evangelists, so we try to go around and work with the community and tell people about Jesus Christ in their community. And we've had a chance to do this, well, almost seventy-five years, almost. Wow. So, um, God's been very good to us as a family and very gracious to us. And so we've got to see. We haven't led anybody to Christ. We just point people to Christ, and God draws them and and speaks into their heart. And uh, so many people respond. And it's just been a wonderful blessing to be a part of. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I've not heard it said that way. And I love that definition of evangelism. So with your family, you have kids, right? I do. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we've been married. I'm trying to think. I, I was hoping you weren't going to put me on the spot. I think we're going <laughs> on about 24 years this year. She and I met in college. So she was my college sweetheart. Uh, really one of, the few, one of the few girls I only dated. I didn't date very much, but uh when I saw her, I didn't want to date anybody else. <laughs> That's so great. I got uh, three kids, two daughters, which are both in college, and I have a son who's 16 years old. As uh, as we record this, my wife and son are on spring break out in Tucson, Arizona. That's where my wife's from. So mm-hmm. that's where she is right now as I'm sharing this. But So our kids are all kind of 
getting grown up and starting to move out of the house. Yeah, but they still need you, though. My kids are moving out of the house, too, but they definitely still need their parents. So I, I love that. But you work with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, though, too. So what is your role there? I know you're an evangelist, but what else do you do? Well, when my, my dad's my boss. Franklin Graham's my father. My father, Franklin, runs two organizations, Samaritan's First, as well as the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. So they're they're in a, in a sense, we call them sister organizations. We're two separate organizations, but when your dad's the boss of both of them, we, we do a lot of things together. And part of the ministry I have at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, I'm one of the evangelists that we have here at our headquarters, but I also run a thing called the, the Cove in Asheville, North Carolina. That's the was known as the Billy Graham Training Center. This is where we teach and disciple people in God's Word. And so that's up in Asheville, North Carolina. And I've been there, Will. I've been to a retreat there, and it is absolutely beautiful. Oh, so it is a beautiful place. I, everyone's jealous of where I work. So, um, <laughs> and then I do a few other things. I do. I'm in charge of our online training, and then also work with our children and youth evangelism. So those are some of the things I've been working on for our ministry. And we'll just see, Dad. My dad's getting older. He turned 70 this year. So he's slowly turning things. He trusts me a little bit more and more every year. So he gives me something else to do every year. <laughs> Dads do that, don't they? <laughs> they? They do. Well, tell us a little bit about the National Day of Prayer. I mean, I know that it started way back in since 1952. Every president has signed a National Day of Prayer proclamation. It's an annual day we observe on the first Thursday of May. And I guess it was designated by the Congress as well. So we're asked to turn to God in prayer and meditation. And I, and I love that, that. It's something that we do as a nation. So you were the honorary chairperson last year. Tell me about that experience. What was it like? Yeah, I was actually the chairman uh, two years ago. in oh, 2020. Uh, no, no, that's fine. It, it, it all, it's all those COVID years. <laughs> <laughs> and we were supposed to do it. In, it's always traditionally in Washington, D.C., and I've been to it many times uh, over the years with different presidents always attending. You have different people from around the world that also attend. You actually have different faiths that come together on that particular day. So, I mean, you got to think this is like thousands and thousands of people in this one room. Yeah. And it's a very crowded. You got to go through a lot of security because of whatever president's in office comes. Mm -hmm. And so you have a lot of dignitaries and it's a time of prayer and getting along. I say getting along, there's also other meetings going on that week, all through the week, talking and doing things and networking and stuff like that. I'm usually not a part of that. I usually just go for the breakfast and to help support it. But it's also a great place to go um, to meet people from different countries and to pray for our country. And so I've had a wonderful time being a part of it. And uh, just a few times, and I had to, got to be an honorary chairman but what happened was it was covid 2020 was covid so we can't meet in dc they locked down dc so kathy the lady that actually runs it she's the head of it and she said well can we do it from the billy graham from charlotte the headquarters and i said yeah let me see if we i don't know what we have planned and we didn't have anything planned for that week so we decided that we could help out and be a part of it and so not everybody could come to charlotte but we had to tag all these other people from around the country Instead of all meeting in one place, we had to do it online. Well, I said, well, not online, but really through, you know, through TV. And so, uh, which was being shared online, but it was a big production and it went very, very well. So we did it. We did our part, Kathy and I were together, sharing from the Billy Graham Library. 
And so we set it all up and did a couple of things from the inside the Billy Graham library. And, uh, so that was a lot of fun too. So, so some good memories. And it was one of the few times we didn't do it in DC. Wow. So, very unique time, but it, it was a great time to be praying for our country. And we had it from all around the country. And so that was, that was a blessing. Yeah. Because it was, I, I tell you during COVID, it was all new to us and not, n- nobody knew it was going to be happening. And so to have the national day of prayer, must have been a beautiful thing, especially right after it started in March. So May was some uh, was a very uh, still in a pretty intense time of not knowing. And man, don't we always go to our knees, even as a country, when we don't know? And so I, I love that you were there and you guys were creative and you you made it happen. We at Bible to School did the same thing, having Bible classes online and making sure that the kids heard about God. But what are your thoughts on on how to, everybody came together as a community? Because people need community. That's that's biblical. Well, it, yeah, we're you know we're not God just didn't make one person. He made he made uh, male and female. So in other words, they had company with one another. You know, we're made to be in a community of others and uh, not to be just alone. And so, and I think that's one of the most. When we look back, I think years later, when we look back during how did our country as a whole uh, respond to this? I think one of the things that they're going to pick up. One of the great tragedies was that we isolated so many people. Yes. And not from a medical standpoint, but just from a social mm-hmm. standpoint, mm-hmm. we were, you know, no travel, don't visit, can't cross borders. And there's going to be times for that, understand. And there's not always going to be a right answer for all this stuff. But I think we did a lot of harm, psychological harm that was done for people that were stuck and couldn't be around other people. And that's one of the great things that the this was not our idea. It was one of our donor ideas. He called my father, Franklin, and said, uh, Franklin, man, people people need prayer right now. People need prayer. You guys need to start a prayer hotline and go on TV and tell people to call in and pray. And he said, I'll, I'll pay for it. You get it going, and, I, and I'll pay for it. I'll donate my money to it and help pay for it. And so my dad called us. My dad was out of town. He called. And this is right when COVID, literally when that week, everything was shutting down. Hmm. At least in our state, it was that it was that week. Everything was shutting down about a two week period across the country. And so my dad was somewhere else. He wasn't in the office. And so he called us and said, here, get this thing going. And so a guy picked it up and ran with it. And we had it up and running, barely. But because uh, this was all new to us. And we were putting something together real quick. And we called the guy and said, all right, we're ready. He said, you're ready. He said, uh, well, I haven't sent a check. I thought it was going to take you a while. And we were ready like the <laughs> next day. And so uh, he sent his money in, but we started buying ad time. Here's a neat story. We were trying to buy ad time. Ad time is usually expensive. Matter of fact, March is one of the most expensive months because you have the March madness going on. Right. And so everyone's got their advertising, you know, it's big advertising because everybody's watching it. It's a very expensive time, but they canceled March madness. You know, they, the, the, the men and women's, all the sports were canceled. So everyone pulled their ads. You know, they weren't going to pay for something when nobody's watching. Mm. So they pulled all their money. Now we go in there with a guy, this man gave us some a couple million dollars. And we go in there, you know, basically not literally waving our money. But mm-hmm. you get the idea that we came in and they said that they saw people coming in with money. Like, you want to buy airtime? Yeah, we'll give it to you. Like, what do you want? <laughs> because there's Good. no one buying airtime. Excellent. So God, this is what God does. God took our $2 million. And he stretched it like six million dollars. Ah, everything was so cheap that we could buy ten, you know, six times the amount, or you know, three times the amount of what we could normally pay for it. And we had millions upon millions of people call in. Really? And so it's so interesting because we've had over 
24,485 decisions of right now, we've had over 24,485 people that have made a decision for Christ by calling us. Wow. They called us. We weren't calling them. They were calling us. But here's what, sorry, I keep talking. I love this. Yo, you keep going. I love it. There's a, um, a man that was real. He didn't like my dad. And he didn't like that my dad was asking people to call. And my dad would put these 30-second spots. He said, you know, if you if you want someone to pray with, call us right now at this number. And we want you to know that God loves you. And he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. If you just repent of your sin and give your trust over and put your faith in him, he'll come into your life and make you a new person and give you peace during this time. But call this number right now. It's like a 30-second gospel message. Wow. And we put the number up there. Well, this guy got mad. He didn't like that. So he called and um So you got an angry you got an angry call on the hotline. We get a lot, we had a lot of angry people. Mm. There's people that don't like Christ. Mm. You know. But what's interesting is this part right here, this man, he called. He had a lot of words that we can't repeat on air on such a friendly podcast, but he had some choice words for my dad. And our lady just listened to him on the other line. And she goes, Well. You know, he's like, get him off. I don't want to see him. I don't want to hear him again. You tell him to get off my television. And the lady said, okay, well, I'll pass that message on. But since you called, is there anything that we can pray for? The man goes, well, my mom's not doing too good. You can pray for my mom. And so we prayed for his mom. Anything else? Well, I I didn't get a good doctor's report. You can pray about that too, you know. And by the end of the conversation, we led him to Christ. Oh, wow. And there's just wonderful stories, story after story like this not always angry people, but right. people come for all different reasons. And we sit there and we pray with them. And if they don't accept Christ, that's fine. Some are Christians. Sometimes they're just lonely. They haven't talked to a person in a couple of weeks. They want someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. So they just call us to talk to us. We'll talk to them and pray with them. And they'll call back the next day. And some of them have come to know Christ. So God's been doing a lot of neat things. So this hotline came really out of things that were challenges that we couldn't get to, to people. But that community, that whole idea of actually around the National Day of Prayer is everybody get together and pray together. And prayer unites us. It really does because we're taking our, the, the way I look at it is we're, we're taking our, all our stuff, all of our worries, everything, and we're putting it at the feet of God. And to do that together is even better. So that's why I love the National Day of Prayer. And I love that you, you're involved in it and it helped kickstart that hotline. That's really cool. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. How can God listen to everyone praying at the same time? Isn't it amazing to consider that God is hearing and listening to our prayers all at the same time? Especially when we have trouble listening and understanding one person at a time. It might stay a mystery to us how God can accomplish this. But what isn't a mystery is that He has promised to hear us and will always answer our prayers, either with a yes, a no, or a wait. People are encouraged to observe this day, but what kinds of opportunities do you know are available for people who are interested? What, what kind of things did, in the National Day of Prayer do people get involved in? Because there's local stuff to get involved in, right? Yeah, every community is gonna be different. So um, now I say there's a National Day of Prayer, and that's gonna be going on in DC, mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll put that online across the spectrum, but there's also going to be a time where there's going to be other cities that have a national day of prayer and a national day of you know prayer. And sometimes that's not always on the same days. Like 
it's almost like see at the flagpole yes. and have a community prayer at their, you know, like a center point in the uh, mm-hmm. town. Those happen, you know, every part of the year. So uh, most of them are usually in the springtime or the summer, fall, mm-hmm. uh, when the weather's good nice. And no one wants to meet at a flagpole when it's so cold, I guess. But but you'll see things going along like that all around mm-hmm. the country. And that's how we should be. We should be praying all around, all the time for our country, not just on a specific date, which is important. But it's more than just one day of prayer. We should be constantly praying for our country and praying for our leaders, especially right now. We need to be praying for our president and Congress. Lord, they have a lot of things on their plate. And I'm not trying to be political, but Joe Biden, he's got a lot of things on his plate right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know any president. These would be tough decisions to make, especially with Ukraine and Russia that's going on right now. It's not an easy job. And we always want to be the Monday morning quarterback. but. We need to pray for our president that God does give him wisdom and help him to make some of these critical decisions. So speaking of presidents, your grandfather prayed with presidents and your father has been involved all around the world with with leaders as yourself. How have you seen prayer impact leaders and generations? Of course, we're we're all about children. So what, what have you seen, Will? Well, it's it's interesting that especially when it comes to prayer, like let me just start with the presidents. You know, sometimes we think they got advisors and all these people to help them, but they came to places where they needed personal help in their own life. My grandfather would go to the White House more with Lyndon Johnson than any other president. And he would pray because Lyndon Johnson was struggling sending people into Vietnam. And he knew that men were dying every day because of him as president being you know given the order to mm-hmm. go in. And so he, on a personal level, he struggled. So my granddad would go pray for him often, go up to the White House and simply pray for him. And, uh, you know, just trying to help him as a personal friend to help him during this time. And Lyndon Johnson asked for prayer. I know that when George H. Bush, when we went into the first Gulf War, the night of the first Gulf War, my granddaddy was asked to come to the White House and to pray, uh, to pray for the president and to pray for the nation. Because we were, he was going to announce that we've gone to war, and so that's that, that was the heavy burden they were carrying on them, on themselves. So here's the presence, the most powerful men in the in the world asking for help. It was interesting when we did. I think it was here at the Billy Graham Library when we were doing the dedication. We had a, a number of presidents here. We had Carter, we had Bush forty one, the senior, and then we had Bill Clinton, and they all came and they all spoke for the grand opening of the Billy Graham library, because they all knew my grandfather very well. Mm. And Bill Clinton said something. He says, you know, you think you got everything figured out when you become president. And as soon as you sit in that office, you realize you're over your head. And that's when you need prayer more than anything in this world. And, um, mm. you know, and that's what the most powerful man in the world realizes, you know, I'm over my head. And I think every president feels like that at times that where, you know, what have I done? What did I get myself into? <laughs> And, and I think that's why we need to be praying for our, our leaders, whether we agree with them or not, we want God to use them Absolutely. And, them and help them to make those very tough decisions for our country. Absolutely. That is very true. We need to pray for all our leaders. And I appreciate you, you sharing those stories. I mean, those are amazing stories that your, your father and your grandfather have done. How has prayer impacted your life, Will? It's um, like anything, we get teenagers. There's a lot of prayers going on, <laughs> but there's a couple of ways that prayer has, has had a huge impact. I mean, let, let me just start from a ministry standpoint. 
Here at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, uh, we do these different crusades, these evangelistic outreaches. I call mine celebrations. My dad's are festivals. My granddad's are called crusades. They're all the same thing. We just use different terms for different people. And one of those things was that my grandfather, uh, he had a lady that came and she was, she felt called of God to be praying for my grandfather and his associates, the the ones that were very close to him, that kind of helped put these things together. Her name was Pearl Good. And Pearl, and she would come to every meeting, wherever it was in the United States, she would get her own money, get plane ticket, bus ticket, usually bus tickets back then in the 40s and 50s. She And she would drive or get a ticket there, and she would get in the hotel room, and then she would just lock herself in there and pray during the whole crusade. And that wow. was the ministry because it was so powerful. And then she got to the age where she couldn't travel anymore. And my granddad was doing more overseas. So she would call up my granddad's office and they knew her pretty well because uh, you've been, you know, she's been one of the very first people that they knew. And they, and they said, what time is Billy? What time, like my time here in the United States, what time will Billy be preaching overseas? And so whenever it was two in the morning, she'd get on her knees and pray and pray and pray. And so very powerful. And then when she passed away, because she was a more elderly lady than my granddad, because my granddad was young at that time. uh, When she passed, my granddaddy said he felt it. Oh, wow. He could feel her presence was gone because it was such a powerful presence because she prayed so hard for the Mm. team. Now, today we have two ladies from Texas, from Dallas, Texas, Pat and Carol. They're two good friends, and they come to all our events when their health allows them. And so they come to our events faithfully, and they sit there and they pray. They pray for individuals. They pray for our events. And these two ladies, they've gone overseas with us to pray for us while we're overseas. And when they can't go, they sit at home and they pray anyway. So that's what, from a ministry standpoint, prayer is imperative. My granddaddy said this way. He said the three most important parts of any successful evangelistic outreach is first prayer, second prayer, and third prayer. <laughs> so it's all about prayer. And it's when all we about prayer. When we don't see things go right, I think when we do preaching or evangelistic, I don't think we spend enough time in prayer seeking God's counsel, God's wisdom. Sometimes we're, we want to tell God what we want instead of listening to God. And sometimes God is trying to get our attention to do something maybe a little bit different. Sometimes we don't listen. We just make them a, like a genie. Like we're wishing, we got wishes and we want to wish things in the present. But with God, we want to listen and allow God to speak into our life and to correct us and show us what we need to be doing. Well, I agree. Prayer for every part of our lives. It doesn't have to be just ministry, but every part of our lives. I I absolutely agree. At Bible to School, we have prayer warriors, we call them. We have a whole prayer warrior team. We even have a national prayer warrior team praying over states so that the Bible can get into schools. So I absolutely agree with your grandfather. Last thing I want to ask you before we wrap up here, Will, is for someone that isn't comfortable praying, how would you encourage them to start? Because maybe somebody's out there listening saying, well, that's great for all these people that know how to pray, but I'm not sure I know how. How do I start? Well, just open your mouth and start talking. It's <laughs> simple. It, it, all we're, the prayer is just simply we're talking to God. And what we're doing is pouring out our heart. And there's no better person than David, uh, King David in the Bible, when he wrote all the Psalms or most of the Psalms. And you look at them and they're just cries of help. They're cries of frustration. There's cries of uh, loneliness and bitterness and anger 
And I mean, all he's doing is he's pouring his heart out to God. And that's what prayer is. We just pour out our heart to God. There's going to be some days it's going to be full of joy. And Lord, this is the best day ever. Thank you, Lord. This is great. Thank you for helping me this. Thank you for blessing me with this. And there's going to be days where like, Lord, I'm about to quit. I'm tired of this. I'm fed up. But we do. God just wants to hear from us. And so what we're doing, what when, when we pray, is not always trying to get what we want from God. And this is why it's so important that when we do pray, that we listen to God. God, what are you trying to teach me through this? Mm. How do I navigate this? And sometimes it's not always easy. God's not obligated to answer every prayer the way that we want it to. But we pray that God would be glorified through, through our sufferings, through the good things, that we've always give God the glory and the honor. And that's what's beautiful about living a Christian life. Even our bad things can be used for God's glory, not yes. our glory, but God's glory. Yes, and absolutely. Prayer, prayer helps our minds to get around God's will. Sometimes we see prayer as a lasso and we hook God with a prayer and we draw them in, tell them what we want. Mm-hmm. It's us getting our hearts back toward God. It's drawing us closer to God. And that's what it's really about. We're just being real with him. That's it what is. I'm hearing you say. And I just said, that's what I try to teach my kids. I got three kids and I don't want them to expect, you know, they're old enough now where they got to start doing their personal walk with Christ now becoming their own walk. And I want them to spend time in prayer and saying, Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. Would you speak to me about this and speak through your word? Let your word of the word of God confirm this in my heart. And God, God does. So that's why I'm so grateful for my kids. You know, I'm trying to make their faith grow in the Lord. It's not always easy. I'm not sure if I've always been the best parent or a great parent. I think my wife does an excellent job, but uh, I try to teach my kids that to be, be dependent on God. And when you don't know what to do, you just, you wrap your hands around God and hang on to him. That's you know, right. even when you don't understand when things are falling apart, you just cling to God. And that's the best place to be. And he'll get you through it. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And we our time is, is almost up here, but this is good information on prayer. Well, we, we want to get our, our heads around it. And the national day of prayer is for praying for the whole country. Everybody's doing it. We're praying for our leaders, like you said, but we're also praying for our bosses and we're praying for our communities and we're praying for our parents. We're praying for the leaders in our homes. And so it's such a great day. And, and how can we get more information on the National Day of Prayer? Yeah, you go to, if you go to the website, you can go to nationaldayofprayer.org. So nationaldayofprayer.org, and they'll have all the information you need. And that's going to be on May 5th. That's when it takes place this year in our country, May 5th. And uh, I'm so grateful that we have a country that did set apart a day of prayer. That's very unique in our country. And I'm very grateful that we have it. And I think that's why God's hand's been on us for so long is because we do come to him in need. And now sometimes it maybe from some people, it's just lip service, but there's a lot of people that really mean it. And there's a lot of Christians on their knees praying for their country and praying for their mayors, praying for the, their Congress people, their judges in the community, school boards. I mean, we're praying for everybody. And so uh, we, we are always, the, we are always playing for our school boards. That's Bible no, school. We pray for our teachers. Yes. We all need it. That's to be true. That's right. Well, can you please end us in prayer? We'd be honored if you do that, Will Graham. I sure will. Let's pray. Thank you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that, Lord, we get to talk about prayer and what you do through prayer. And so, Lord, we're so thankful that you gave us the gift of prayer, Lord, where we can communicate. We don't have to go through a, a high priest. We don't have to go 
through anybody else, we can go straight to the throne of God with our prayers because, Lord, you're our high priest. You're our intercessor. And so, Lord, we're so grateful for that. Lord, we do pray for our country. We pray for President Biden right now and our national leaders. Uh, Lord, there's a lot of problems and threats in this world right now that the president of the United States has to deal with. And Lord, we're not privy to all of them. Lord, he needs guidance. He needs wisdom, Lord. So Lord, I lift him up. I pray for our Congress. I pray for our Supreme Court. Pray for our new Supreme Court justice, Lord. And uh, Lord, we pray that you'll use her, Lord, as your instrument. Lord, we pray for our local leaders. But Lord, more, Lord, I want to pray for our families. Pray for the moms and dads out there. Pray for the home, Lord, that's under attack, marriage under attack. Our schools are under attack. Lord, our kids are under attack spiritually. And so, Lord, we we lift up the home, safeguard the home, Lord, and let it be a place where the Bible is taught and lifted up and people pray, Lord. And so, Lord, turn our hearts back to, to you, Lord. We need a national revival. And so, Lord, use it by starting in the home. Bring a national revival, Lord, to our country. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, amen to the power of prayer. As Will said, it is all about prayer. And prayer is simply opening our mouths and talking with God. What a gift to see God using these three generations of Grams in such mighty ways. I hope you were encouraged, just as I was, listening to the stories Will shared. Have you asked the kids in your life if they've talked to God lately? Do you know anyone that you could pray for? Let's challenge ourselves this week to step out of our comfort zones and engage at least one person in the topic of prayer. For more information on how you can get involved with the National Day of Prayer, visit www.nationaldayofprayer.org. That's nationaldayofprayer.org. If you enjoyed this episode on prayer, be sure to tune into next week's episode where Corey dives into how to encourage kids to pray. We will also be releasing a new Bible to School at Home resource later this month on prayer. You will not want to miss it. Remember, you can find our show notes on our website at bibletoschool.com. And you can always keep up to date with us as you follow our socials. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Bible the number two school. That's Bible to School. We cannot wait to connect with you. So we'll see you next week. And remember, you can tell the children about the love of Jesus.